Welcome to the Glasgow Baptist Podcast, where each week we bring you the message from our Sunday morning worship service with Pastor Erdie Carter. We want to help you apply biblical truth to your daily life. Well, let me ask you to take your Bibles and go with me to Ecclesiastes. Ecclesiastes. Now, while you're doing that, Anita, I messed you up. I am so sorry. It was not on purpose. So, so those of you who, who, who don't know what's going on, uh, I have a remote in my pocket that I sometimes use. Well, I was digging for it, and as I was digging for it, I was hitting the buttons and messing everybody up on the screen, and Anita's up there going, what happened to the computer? It wasn't, it wasn't a ghost, it was me. So I apologize. I just want to say that up front. Well, it is good. I am excited to start this series with you this morning. It is called Hard Questions. And so what's happened is uh, we, have, uh, we have let you ask questions that uh, you, you just have been wanting to get answers for, for from some time. And so what I'm trying to do is over the next few weeks, answer those questions. So if you ask, I'm going to try to answer them. And so people have been asking all sorts of questions, great questions. Uh, and so we're going we're gonna to walk through these questions. And so today, the question simply was this that I want to address was, how do I, in this crazy world, live and still, still be faithful and still do what God calls me to do? So that's the question. Uh, I'll go ahead and tell you what next week's question is. Next question. Next week's question, because I tried to put these two together and I just couldn't do it, is how do I, as the temple of God, handle things? You know, how do I, you know, wait? Uh, what can I do? What can't I do? Those types of things. So that's next week. So hope you'll come back. You'll hear that one next week. All right. So this morning, Ecclesiastes, uh, I, need you to, I need you to help me. Whether you do this or not, just share with me your preference. How many of you, if you were to exercise, would rather go outside or on a treadmill? So here's what we're going to do. If you're, if you're a treadmill person, would you just raise your hand? Yeah, we, yeah, that's what I thought. If you are an outside person, would you raise your hand? Yeah, see, that's what I thought. See, the thing is, I, I realized that there were people who would typically say, I don't like this machine. I don't want this machine. This is not the thing. I would rather be outside. Because here's the thing. You can look and see all sorts of creation when you're outside. You can walk down the street. You can look back and see how far you've come. And then go, I got to go back. That's me. That's how I do that. Um, you know, you can, you can see progress. What do you see on a treadmill? Nothing. If you're like me, if I'm on the treadmill, the TV better be on, right? I mean, something better be occupying my time because the thing about the treadmill is, and by the way, I'm on it a lot, can't you tell? No, I'm hurt, nobody's noticed. Um, the, the thing about the treadmill is, it's just boring. It's monotonous. It's one of those things that, hey, you know, you, you understand the end the end goal, but in the meantime, it's just frustrating. You'd rather get to the end than go through all this other stuff. I think sometimes we, we find ourselves that way in the spiritual life. We know what the end result's going to be if we're, if we're saved. Amen? Amen. Amen? 
We know God's got a place for us, a room prepared for us. What heaven, Scripture tells us heaven's going to be a, about rejoicing. And, and somebody's asked that question. We'll get to that in a few weeks. But we know the end goal. But while we're here, we just feel like we're on a, we're like the hamster in the wheel. We, we just keep going and going. And what do, what, why? How frustrating is that? This morning I want us to look at Ecclesiastes 3. And in Ecclesiastes 3, we're going to see just how we are to live our life every day. As believers, we're going we're to unpack this, what our life should look like, whether we're a school teacher, working in a factory, a hospital, a park, retired. We're going to find some practices that we should be instilling in us every day as we live out on this side of eternity until God calls us home. Because while we're here, we've got some responsibilities. And it's not just in case you're looking for the end thing. It's not to be selfish in nature. It's to give God glory. So if you have your Bibles, would you stand as we read Ecclesiastes 3, beginning in verse 1. There is an occasion for everything. And a time for every activity under heaven, a time to give birth, and a time to die. A time to plant, and a time to uproot. A time to kill, a time to heal. A time to tear down, and a time to build. A time to weep, and a time to laugh. A time to mourn, and a time to dance. A time to throw stones, and a time to gather stones. A time to embrace and a time to avoid embracing. We understand that one right now, amen? A time to search and a time to count as lost. A time to keep and a time to throw away. A time to tear and a time to sow. A time to be silent and a time to speak. A time to love and a time to hate. A time for war and a time for peace. What does the worker gain from his struggles? I've seen the task that... God has given the children of Adam to keep them occupied. He's made everything appropriate in its time. He's also put eternity in their hearts. But no one can discover the work God has done from beginning to end. I know that there is nothing better for them than rejoice and enjoy the good life. It is also the gift of God. Whenever anyone eats, drinks, and enjoys all his efforts... I know that everything God does will last forever. There is no adding to or taking from it. God works so that people will be in awe of him. Whatever is, has already been. And whatever will be, already is. However, God seeks justice for the persecuted. You may be seated. This morning, here's... Here's the big idea I want you to catch us today. Big idea is simply this. God gives us an opportunity daily to live for him. Our job is to do that each day regardless of our situation. Catch that. Daily we have a job. 
Daily we have opportunities. Our, our job, regardless of the circumstances, is to do just that. And sometimes I know we get caught up in life and circumstances throws us curveballs. And when they throw us curveballs, we tend to want to shrink back. We tend to want to go home and eat Cheetos. We tend to want to do all sorts of things. But God has a plan and a purpose. And that plan and purpose is to be done every day. Just like it when you go to it, when you have a job. You're to get up and go to work every day. And yes, there are moments when we take some time away. And yes, we have moments of struggles. We have those in our Christian walk. But we are to remember God has given us an opportunity. We're to live that opportunity out regardless of the situation. So let me give you, let me give you five things we see in this text. First one I want you to catch is simply this. Remember God has a purpose in both the good and the bad times. The good and the bad times. You notice there in verse 1, Ecclesiastes, the writers begin talking about that, that there's a time for everything. In fact, as we look through verses, verses 2 through 8, we begin to see a list of all sorts of things that it's a time for. Uh, it's, a, it's both positive and negative. It's a, it's a thing that, it's a time to live and it's a time to die. It's, it's all these things. Look at these verses. So we have the positive is to be born and to die in verse 1. Verse 4 says, there's a time to laugh and there's a time to weep. Do we, under, we understand that, right? Listen, if you were a Kentucky fan this year, you understand that there are times to laugh and there were times to weep when it came to basketball. And we know that in life. We laugh at, at, at family gatherings of what somebody has done. Then we weep at family gatherings because someone's no longer with us. We understand laughing and weeping. We understand there's moments for both. We also understand there's a time to speak and there's a time to be silent. Men, you understand that, right? When you're married? Amen? You've learned. Hey, if you have it, you will learn. Real simple. And we know that. We all know that. There's a moment when we should speak up and when we should be silent. When there's a moment to talk and not we catch that in these verses, that, that we are to do those things. If you read all those things, there's, there's several there listed. But we understand seasons. We understand there's a time to plant. And there's a time to harvest. Which it tells me that God has a purpose in the good and the bad. He never promises that, that life will just be filled with roses, does he? We never read on this side of eternity that we, once you come to faith in God, that life will be just a joy. He's never given us that promise. What he's promised is he will be with us. That he will carry us through. And so in the good and bad, no matter what our situation is, God's called us. Uh, look at verse 11 here. Um, God has made everything what, church? Appropriate. God has made everything appropriate. Do you think God can take the bad and make something good come from it? Oh, that, that was a great place for an amen. I got one. Let's try that again. Do you think God can take the bad and make something good happen out of it? 
All right, some of you are with us. He can. We've watched that over and over. We've seen families struggle. We've watched bad things happen. I'm looking at a little girl that, I, that has gone through a lot. And God has brought her through a lot. Takes the bad and brings the good. God can do that. We just have to recognize that he's made all things appropriate. Now look what else it says here in this text. He has also put eternity in their hearts. But what? No one can discover the work of God has done from beginning to end. Which leads me to the second thing. Keep faith in God in confusing times. We have to keep faith with God in confusing times. We understand confusing times, don't we? We've lived through a year of confusing times. You know, I don't know that, that most people recognize this was going to come. We understand. We can read history and know what it was like with smallpox. We can, we can read history and see all those types of things. But we never dreamed we would ever be back in that situation where you couldn't go see your family. You couldn't hug your neighbor. You couldn't hug your grandchildren. And you were frustrated. It was a confusing time. But we have to keep faith in God. We can't lose our sight of God because if God's in the good and the bad, that means he's still in control. Amen? And so we have to keep focused. We cannot lose sight of what God is doing. We have to keep continuing on. No matter how times get frustrated. No matter how life throws us a curveball. But here's the thing. In order to keep faith in God in confusing times, we've got to stay connected to God. We've got to remember God's in control. We've got to stay connected to him. Because if you don't, you lose sight. Anybody ever been lost driving? All right, all the women raised their hand. Any men raise their hand? Yeah, Men just say, we're just trying a new direction, right? We're never lost, just looking at new countryside, right? So let me give you, give you the top reasons why drivers uh, get lost. Bad directions, unclear missing highway signs, detours, confusing maps, or auto distractions. You ever been distracted driving? That list came out in 28, uh, 2018 of why people get lost. Do you know why people get lost spiritually? They take their eyes off God. There's no bad directions when you're, when you're seeking God's advice. Oh, there might be some unclear signs at first, but when you keep coming back to God, he clears them up. If he gives you a detour, he walks you through the sign. There's no, there's no miscommunication with detour signs. He has the right path for you. There's no reason to be lost. But we have to remain faithful in confusing times. Confusing times happen what people, sometimes we turn and we decide to, to go on our own route. God must not know what's going on with me. You know, God's pretty busy. He's got a lot of people going on. So life's a little crazy for me right now. I'll just pick it up and, and I'll... I'll make the decisions for myself rather than ask God. Where does that lead you? 
It's never done well for me. I, you, you may find that that works for you. And if it does, I'm a little nervous about your relationship with the Lord. In confusing times, the best thing to do is to go back to God. Trust God. Lean on God. Because he has the direction. He knows what's best for us. The Bible tells us he has a plan and a purpose for our life. That plan and a purpose is not to harm us, but to give us a hope and a future. Look what Paul writes, 1 Corinthians 9. God is what, church? God is faithful. And he called, and we were called by him into fellowship with his son, Jesus Christ, our Lord. If God is faithful, cannot, can we not trust him in the confusing times? We've just got to put our faith and trust there. I mean, I look back over scripture and, and I think of confusing times for me and then I think of confusing times for others. Noah, yes, Lord, I want you to build a, an ark. Sure, Lord. What's well, an ark? It's a big boat. Okay. I'm going to send rain. Hey, Lord, what's rain? Can you imagine how that conversation goes? Hey, Moses, I want you to lead the people out of Israel. We go through that whole, we, we even see the back and forth there. And later, hey, Moses, I need you to circumcise all the men. Okay, hey, Lord, what is circumcision? What you talking about, God? Can you imagine all the back and forth? If they could be faithful and not knowing what rain, not knowing all these things, could you and I not be faithful? When a pandemic comes, when a doctor says it doesn't look good, when a child is in an accident, when your employer says, I no longer need you, life can be confusing, but God is always there. And our faith has to be in him. Third thing I want you to catch from this text is, is spend time doing good. Spend time doing good. Look what, look what verse 12 says. I know that there, there is nothing better for them than to what, church? Rejoice and what? Enjoy the, the good life. Spend time doing good. There's nothing better than rejoicing and doing good in life. Are you a glass half empty person or a glass half full person? Listen, there's always a lot of reasons why we can look at the glass half empty. But let me, let me just say this, if that's where you land, and I, I know there's, there's a whole lot of medical behind this and there's a whole lot of things and I encourage you to do what you need to do but to begin to find a way to get to the half full side. Because every time we look at it half empty, does that bring you joy? Does that make life good? No, it doesn't. And God desires for us to, to, to enjoy life. I come to give you life and give it to you abundantly, Jesus says. Listen, if, if it was a, a, 
a worrisome life. Lord, I don't want it abundantly. I don't want the unhappy life abundantly. But that's not what he did. He came to give to you life. Joy. Uh, look what uh, Ephesians, Paul says. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for what? Good works. Catch that. Good works, which God prepared ahead of time for us to do. Good works. He's got something good for us. And if it's good for us, he wants you to enjoy it. And the good times, the bad, the confusing times, we should find joy. Joy. How's your joy level? Do you, do you look and find joy? I couldn't help but to stop and think yesterday as, as the rain was coming and as the sun was shining in different moments, I just kept, I just mesmerized by, by, God's, by God's love and grace. Because he knows what we need when we need it and he, he provides the sunshine and what a, what a beautiful day it was at different times. It was, it was, we got to see his handiwork in multiple ways. And I enjoyed that. And I hope you find that you can enjoy life. Which leads me to the fourth thing. Catch this. Appreciate time as a gift from God. Appreciate time as a gift from God. Uh, show of hands. How many can make tomorrow happen? All right. I don't see anybody's hand going up. So what does that tell us? We're not promised tomorrow, are we? You can't make you can't make tomorrow happen. Oh, we can wish tomorrow. You know, just like children on Christmas Eve can't wait for Christmas to happen. They're wishing the time to go fast. And if you grew up in my house a couple times on Christmas Eve, when my parents were asleep, we moved the clock up trying to, trying to trick them what time it was. But we can't really make time move faster. We have to appreciate the gift of God, the time that God's given us. The writer tells us this in Ecclesiastes 3.13. It is also the gift of God when anyone eats, drinks, and enjoys all his effort. Listen, it's a gift. You're not promised tomorrow. Every day you get out and put your feet on the ground is a good day. Amen? Some days may get harder. Some days may be slower. Some days may hurt a little more. But it's still a good day. How do you see that for you? Do you find joy in your day? Do you realize it's a gift? Probably the person that I love reading about showing up more and bringing joy and happiness to people is Bill Murray. Anybody know Bill Murray, the actor? He's done all sorts of movies. There's this huge deal about Bill Murray. He could show up in the middle of nowhere and all of a sudden just... I mean, he just pops up. There are sightings of him all over. He has this strange habit of just bringing happiness and joy to those he comes in contact with. Well, several years ago, somebody asked him, what is, what is your guide to life? Let me, let me share you, with you his guide to life. He's got seven steps to enjoying life. Let's look at these together. Step one, sing and really be into it. Listen. And a few moments ago, we were singing. And I heard you. You were sounding great. 
I love, we talk on Mondays about worship. We tend to go through the service, what, 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 what happened, if there was anything we need to correct. And I always tell us uh, how I feel worship's going is based on how I hear the singing from, from, from those behind me. But, but can I be honest with you? I don't think we, we sang today or have sung like we're really into it. Like, like you know what that means? I'll tell you what that means. Several, several years ago, this is back when, when you could buy a CD. Can you even buy a CD now? Greg? You're into old technology is why I'm asking. So, okay. You still can buy a CD. And so, I, you know, I was, I was at Lifeway, and I, I had put these headphones on in Lifeway. They had them on the end of the thing. And, and when you put those headphones on, you could crank the music up. Well, I'd crank this song up. Mercy Me, it just came out with I Can Only Imagine. So you can imagine how many years ago that was. It was 20 some odd years ago. And I've got this thing, and I've cranked it up in this room. I'm not realizing it until my wife bolts around the corner screaming, and I don't hear her. Because I'm singing at the top of my lungs in this store. And if you've ever stood next to me, that's not a great thing. But I live by the motto, make a joyful noise. Except it wasn't probably joyful to anybody else in the room but me. That's what I mean. When we don't care what somebody else does, we just sing. And we just sing well. And we sing loud. Uh, Be honest. Just be honest, he says. Just just tell the truth. Number three, always make time for your friends. Be spontaneous. When's the last time you did something spontaneous? I'll give you, I'll give you a great tri- tip. Uh, the Boons did this not long ago. I, I encourage everybody. And you can even download the app. There's an app for Krispy Kremes. It'll tell you when the hot light's on. It, it, <laughs> what? It's just time to be spontaneous. If you go, would you drop a dozen off at my house? That, you know. But, but, you know, back when COVID hit, it'd be 8 o'clock, Drew, and I'd say, well, hot light's on. Drew goes, well, let's go. Okay. We all got in the car and went. You know, be spontaneous. Leave yourself open to magic mo- magical moments. Don't get in so much of a hurry that you miss the moments. Stay relaxed and succeed. success will follow. Remember that you are you and no one else is. I like Bill Murray's list. The only thing I don't like about it, he's left off one key ingredient. Acknowledge the day is God's. He's the one who gave you the day. Oh, do all those seven steps. But don't forget, you can't do those seven steps without God. Those things don't happen if God doesn't give you the day. He's the one who provides the day for you. So acknowledge that. Fifth thing I want you to catch out of our text today is expect to give an account of time. Expect to give an account of time. Listen, there's going to be a day when we're all going to have to be accountable. We'll have to give an account for what we've done. Understand that. Ecclesiastes says it this way in verse 15. Whatever, whatever is has already been, and whatever will be already is. However, God seeks justice for the persecuted. So he's going to seek justice. Verse 17 says this. And I said to myself, God will judge the righteous and the wicked, since there is a time for everything, every activity and every work. 
We'll have to give an account. Why we did or why we didn't. Why we kept looking at life with a glass half empty. Why we didn't see it half joy or why we didn't join the work that he called us to. You see, the thing is, he has a plan and a purpose for us every day. And we've got to understand that, it's, that his purpose lives on whether it's good or bad. He, he's in control and can make that work. During confusing times, he still, still has it. He's given us every day as a gift. We've got to understand that there's an accountability. So what's our takeaway today? Let me give you three. Real simple here. First takeaway I want you to catch is simply this. Every day, God gives you a gift. You've got to begin there. There's, there's no other way to look at it than to understand that, that God gave you the day. You didn't earn it. You didn't buy it. You can't make tomorrow happen. So today is a gift. Realize the people you see today may not be here tomorrow. We're not promised tomorrow. Every day is a gift. So use that day as a gift. Recognize that as this gift has been given, there's an opportunity that comes with that gift, which is number two. The second thing is, every day God gives you an opportunity. What's your opportunity? Well, God puts you in places of employment for a reason. He puts you in clubs. And you can go, well, no, I, 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 I went to college. I got a degree. I got that job on my own. Really? You can think that. But God has a way of working everything out. He puts people in our lives. He puts neighbors next door to us who need to hear the gospel. He puts somebody working two offices down who's struggling with something for us to have an opportunity to speak to. He gives us opportunities every day. The question is, how well will we respond to that opportunity? What will we do with that opportunity? Will we waste it away or will we respond to it? The third thing I want you to catch is every day God asks you for faith and obedience. Every day God asks you for faith and obedience. Here's the kicker. He doesn't promise us that life's going to be a bed of roses, that all things will work out, that the doctor will never give you bad news, you'll never, you'll never have heartaches, you'll never be in pain. He never says any of that. But what he does say is he'll be with us. What he asks from us in return is faith and obedience. And God, I trust you. I don't know what's going to happen, but I trust you. I'm going to be obedient until you tell me differently. I'm going to continue down this path. I trust you. So do you understand that every day is a gift? Do you understand every day is an opportunity? And do you have faith and obedience to move forward? You know, the thing about treadmills, treadmills, we use them for exercise. But treadmills have been around a long, long time. Treadmills, their history uh, dates back to the 1800s, even earlier. Treadmills were used for, 
really two primary purposes long before we ever thought about uh, getting on one for exercise. Uh, two purposes of treadmill. One was for power. Uh, you would see treadmills designed for power in that you would put an animal or even people, you would hook them to a conveyor or you would hook them to a pole and they would just have to walk and they would generate power, whatever that power was, get well water up to get what, to, 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 to do some type of work, to, to crush grain, all sorts of things that would use power for power. But then the second thing that, that treadmills were designed for or were, were used for, back in 1818, they were used for punishment. Um, Sir William Cubitts decided that there was these prisoners who just sat idle all day long. And they needed something to do in some form of punishment. And so he turned them from their idle sitting around and in some cases he would just make them be on a treadmill for for punishment's sake they'd have to walk up flights of stairs and back down all day long some reports that they walked over 5,000 steps but it was just for punishment and then he realized we can turn it in for our gain for productivity I don't know how you see a treadmill. And yes, I think we're on a treadmill of life. And yes, it's, you know, you've heard me say multiple times, I think we run at a pace faster than God ever intended us to be. But if you're here this morning and you think the treadmill of life that you're on and you're trying to figure out how do I balance this world and my faith, I want you to see it through power. Not through punishment or, or idleness, but see the power. See, God has you here for a reason. To be his hands and feet. To be his mouthpiece. To share the gospel with people. To pray with people. To encourage people. To lift one another up. To disciple somebody. To serve one another. To unleash the power of Christ in your life. But if you're here today and you think, hey, I, I'm a believer, but I just feel like my life is just this, this treadmill that I've just got to keep up pace because I've got to keep up with, the, with my kids. I've got to keep up with all this. If you're thinking this treadmill of life is almost like a punishment, you, that's the problem. You've missed what God has. God's given you this amazing opportunity this gift to impact people's life. And yes, it'll be confusing and yes, it'll be difficult. But when you see the power of God at work through you and you understand that he's given you an opportunity, once you take hold of that, it's addicting. You can't wait to, for the next opportunity and the next, the next. So this morning, my question to you is, how do you see life? How do you see this balance between living life on your regular basis and living out your faith? Do you, do you see them as one and unleashing the power of God or do you just see them totally opposite? 
They need to come together. This morning, if you've never confessed Jesus as your personal Lord and Savior, again, you have no, no rhyme or reason or understanding. But if you've trusted Christ as your Lord and Savior, then you understand what God can do in your life. You know the Holy Spirit is dwelling in your heart and can change your life. But if you're here this morning and you need to confess Christ as your personal Lord and Savior, we'd love to have a conversation with you. We'd love to talk to you about what it means to be saved, what it means to confess Christ, what it means to live out each day, understanding that each day is a gift. What it means for, for you to be the whosoever in, in John 3, 16, that God so loved the world that whosoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. So if you're watching us by TV or, or online with our online church, we want to encourage you today, you can respond by simply uh, texting or calling 270-681-2363. You can text that number, you can call that number, and one of our staff members will, will get right back with you. But if you're here this morning and there's a decision on your heart, we, we encourage you to do that this morning. If it's to join our church family, if it's, if it's to make a decision for Christ, we, we'd love to talk to you. There's a couple ways you can do that. In just a moment as we sing, I'll stand here for just a moment or two. If you want to come, I'll, I'll pray with you, talk with you. If you'd rather wait and do it in private, just outside these doors, right to my, to my right, your left. Mike Thomas and, and J.J. Poole, both pastors will be out here in, in the hallway. They'd love to talk to you. If you're a guest, take that green card, go over and just say hello. They would love to meet you. If you, I'll be on this side if you want to talk to me, but would you just respond? Would you respond by saying yes to the Lord today? Maybe you just need to get back on, get back focused of doing God's business each day. Would you stand with us?